Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is our street. It's where we live. We love to play together. Hello and welcome back to CBeebies Go Home, uh, the podcast that takes a very angry look at children's TV. Uh, I am Cammy, and I'm joined as always the uh, I don't know, the Tim to my Topsy or the Topsy to my Tim. It's James. I think either of them is 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 probably quite insulting. Is Topsy the least worst? We'll come on to that because we are looking at Topsy and Tim this week. I. I'm firmly in she is the least worse. Um, you could also be the uh, June to my Mossy, which will come on to later as well. Mm, yes. Um, we, uh, you can get in touch with us. I should do that first. You can get in touch with us. We're on Twitter at CBeebies Go Home. We've got an email address, although no one ever emails us. Um, so send all your lawsuits to home at gmail.com. <laughs> That's where you should serve any papers. Um we are going to start with what we always start with, which is a pitch for new ideas for CBB's programs. And we did a we did a shout out for this on Twitter, and we've had some very good ones. Um, Sean K said, uh, "Silent Witness, the the animated series." Mm, yes, uh, everyone loves the corpse. Yeah, exactly. Well, you could get Doctor Ranjin as the uh, as the coroner. Kind of Quincy yes. style, maybe Doctor Ranch, uh, maybe, maybe remake Quincy with Doctor Ranch and the puppets. Well, a kind of a Sesame Street style affair. Yeah, in fact, that's my pitch. This I haven't thought of one for this week, so I'm going with that Doctor Ranch remake Quincy, but for kids, and it's the puppets. Yeah, has to solve puppet deaths. <coughs> what was that? There was a dreadful puppety. Mm. Um, what's her name the American comedian that's in everything it was um, this is not great podcasting not, not, this is this is wonderful audio Melissa uh, McCarthy Melissa McCarthy two men try to remember things yeah. <laughs> that's that's basically 40 minutes to 60 minutes of two men try to remember stuff even yeah. though we've got they've got the internet at their fingertips yeah. Um, so no, I like that. Um, uh, the very hungry human centipede. I'm not. I'm not really sure you could get away with that on CBBS. 
if they turn into butterflies, do they all flap away together? Or it's interesting. Or does the middle part sprout the wings? Mm, that's fairly horrifying, actually. If, it, if the other ends just stay the same, yeah, like a, centip- a centipede with like two centipedes with wings in the middle. This is very uh, Richard Herring uh, kind of question. But which two CBeebies characters would you like to be in the middle of a human centipede with, James? <laughs> Uh, are we talking characters or are we talking uh, actual presenters? Both. Uh, I think characters, you're probably best off going with uh, something anonymous. So, like, I, I can't imagine that be, it'd be too horrifying if you were in that situation to be either side of, I don't know, a couple of number blocks. Yeah, I think that's I'm not, I'm, not conv- I'm, I'm not convinced the number blocks uh, defecate. Whereas, let's face it, you would not want to be stitched under the arsehole of Justin. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, although I'd quite gladly uh, have him stitched onto my arse. Not gladly, but... <laughs> I wouldn't mind defecating in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 taking a dark turn. <laughs> very early. We'll move on. Uh, Gregor Brown had... Uh, speaking of Justin, this is Seize uh, Dead Peeps. On Twitter said the wire, but with Justin playing every character. Yeah, I like that Justin's idea. Coming. Yeah, would it be quite so heartbreaking? You know, the death of Mister Tumble. You know, I don't know. Would you have what Grandad Tumble as the chief of police? Um, well, maybe, I mean that is the logical kind of point we're heading to, isn't it? Um, I mean, we could, I suppose. Um, I mean, Justin can't be too far away from trying to launch a kind of, you know, one-man kind of recreation of, say, Shakespeare's greatest plays. You know, no, I mean that's that's characters. where that's where it's all building to, really. I mean, the other, um, so my cat there, that's better. You can see me better now. Um, so my camera is going weird, and so James couldn't see the top of my head. Um, yeah, I mean, he's it is going that way. Where you're going to get Justin doing. I mean, essentially, I think we've said before, he's he's Pete Waterman. He wants to write the theme tune and sing the theme tune. Yeah, I think he's getting too big for his boots. I mean, the giggle quiz is oh uh, god, it's self indulgence to say the least. I don't, there's general, there's no point to that at all. Yeah, it's uh, like being John Malkovich just without the fun. <coughs> Remake John Malkovich, but with Justin being being Mister Tumble, and but it's it's like everybody's Mister Tum played by every character's played by. Justin, and when they go in the small door, they are then inside the head of Justin. Mm. Maybe that's it. Maybe we're just mocking a schizophrenic, you know? Who knows? Um, I will say that some of the giggle quiz stuff is is not okay. It, I can't say I've hung, hung around just to watch it. It's it's kind of... I mean, I went to a, I'll, I'll admit, I went to a pantomime with the kids at Christmas... And about 80% of it I was okay with. And there was about 20% of it I thought, this is not okay in, in 2019 slash 2020, some of this humour. Mm. Um, and that's kind of the area that Giggle Quiz steps into. Mm. Because he dresses up as a pantomime dame at certain points. And it kind of goes a bit Graham Linehan. Right. Okay. Then. Not fool in a hand, but it. it yeah. It, I, I suppose he's not got the, uh, the the whole feeling of betrayal that Linehan had. 
has for the rest of us. You know, I don't think I kind of sit there and go, oh, I remember Justin's early work. You're spoiling elements of my youth, you know? <laughs> no, we don't. No, none of us have that. Um, yeah. The other one was Gregor Brown said, a reboot of Rara the Lion, but with an actual lion, giraffe, monkey, zebra, crocodile living in close proximity of one another whilst Lorraine Kelly commentates. But I think that's just the natural world, but with Lorraine Kelly instead of uh, David Attenborough. Yeah, I, I, when Attenborough finally, uh, you know, in, in this week uh, when Parsons has finally gotten um, the thought that Attenborough may eventually go becomes all too real. And let's say it, it's going to be pretty, pretty grim for uh, humanity if Lorraine Kelly takes over from Attenborough. At that point, I mean, um, but, but which Lorraine Kelly, as we've discussed before, the, the actor Lorraine Kelly or the character Lorraine Kelly? It'll be Lorraine Kelly... Uh, dressed up as Mr. Tumble. Oh, there's a thought. Um, yeah. Sexy Mr. Tumble. What What have you come up with then? For what's your What's your pitch this week for a CBBS TV show, James? Well, you have to bear with me on this one because it, it, it may seem like this is uh, going through all territory. But I thought um, my show this week would be Art Attack with Neil Buchanan, but it's going to be repurposed. Um, and rather than the art attack being kind of elaborate works of art, uh, each week Neil Buchanan is going to attack Art Garfunkel. <laughs> In more and more surprising ways. Yeah. Um, basically, most weeks he will have help from Paul Simon. Um, so it'll start with kind of, you know, just mildly pranking him in the, in the manner of uh, Rio Ferdinand uh, murking people. Uh, and it'll grow to the end of series to being uh, an absolutely horrifying attack on him and his family. Um, and Art Garfunkel will have to uh, sing for his life. I like that. I think that's very good. And what I, at some point, presumably, he's going to do a giant picture of Art Garfunkel. Um, yeah, just just to threaten him. Yeah, outside um, so, outside on his lawn, maybe. Outside on his lawn, or actually, just kind of underneath, kind of near an airport where he knows Garfunkel is flying from so he sees the threat from the air on the ground. Like a giant um, kind of uh, ransom note style threat with giant cut out bits of newspaper spelling out a message. Where's he getting the giant newspaper? That's the question. Well, uh, it's Neil, Neil Buchanan. He can, he, can get, he can get a hold of it. I would imagine that Neil Buchanan can get a hold of anything. What is the Buchanan doing these days? I think he's, I would assume, I mean, I'm going to Google this in a minute, but I'm assuming that he probably tours universities attacking art, like most mm. kind of people, like like the like the, the Chuckle Brother, the, the remaining Chuckle Brother, he DJs at universities. Yeah, it goes back to the, uh, it just puts me in mind of the, the, the famous uh, pop bitch story about how Tom Baker in the uh, 90s and early 2000s would make appearances at universities um, and uh, announced having uh, successfully persuaded some young woman to come back to uh, Tom's hotel room. He announced uh, that Tom's coming in now. Here we go. The um, Neil Buchanan apparently formed a Tenby-based heavy metal duo with The Head. The Head? Yeah. Um, this is an interview with him in 2019 said, after ITV cancelled the show in 2007, I was, unlike many of my Art Attack creations over the years, totally directionless. 
I would simply sit there wearing one of my old red jerseys, sweat as a turtleneck, pondering whether anyone still treasures the many paper mache animals I guided them through so many years before. I'm starting to doubt this is a real uh, article. Is it, is it the Daily Marsh? It's very possible someone has made this up. Buchanan was previously a guitarist in the heavy metal band Marseille. This is actually true. Who enjoyed reasonable um, success in the seventies? Is that true? I believe I believe that is actually true. He was he is a guitarist. He got back into music business in twenty thirteen when he formed NB and the Head with the Head, a talking bust. Oh, the talking bust and sidekick, of course. From uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that. Is Neil Buchanan now in a heavy metal band with the Head? No, just Marseille. There you go. Mm. Neil Buchanan is, is sadly not in a in a heavy metal. He's having a breakdown talking to uh, an animated head. Wikipedia isn't of any of any use. Fifty eight. <laughs> Fifty eight Neil Buchanan. Career. How is he getting on with his career? He says he briefly appeared as a guest on Celebrity Juice in twenty twelve, in which he discussed ending art attack and his current activities playing with his band. So he's still in a band. The, the wacky world. Have you seen? It. Have you seen Neil Buchanan live? I have not. I mean, he, he may never have existed. <laughs> Very true. I wonder if he did art while he was playing heavy metal. We'll never know. Um, he's got his own website. Hang on. No, it's just a, just him and as he and his art selling his art. You can buy Neil Buchanan art. Hmm. He is an ambassador for the Princess Foundation for Children in the Arts and was presented to Her Majesty the Queen, who described his work as ingenious. That's my Queen impression. <laughs> so there we go. Neil Buchanan still, still going. Still strong. a danger. Still a danger. Yep. Still at large. Um, this week, as you may have guessed, we are, we're looking at Topsy and Tim. Um, we now. I think I, I horrified you by saying we should look at a five-episode story <laughs> arc. I just could not summon up the the willpower to get through five things, and why why that story in particular needed to be told was uh, somewhat beyond me. No, and we'll come on to that. I mean, the the most people will know Topsy and Tim because the books were published back in the sixties, written by Gareth and Jim Adamson, and in an interview with the Guardian, she said. At that time, not so terribly long after the end of the war, England was just waking up. Bright colours were coming in. There was a lovely optimistic feeling in the air. So I said, why don't we do books with real-life little children in, with little adventures and so on that they have in the house? And I think that says a lot about the programme itself. Essentially, it's a, it's a Brexiteer's wet dream. But it doesn't, it doesn't have kind of... This TV incarnation doesn't have any of the kind of... But by placing it in the modern day, it doesn't even have that kind of, oh, look, it's 1950s, we're all living on suet kind of vibe to it. It doesn't, but it does feel like the the fact that... I mean, they're clearly living in London, mm. and yet they seem to have found the only entirely white area of London that exists... Mm. And and that would be true of any major city. They found a, a part of a major city where where there are no there there seems to be no well very few ethnic minorities at all, mm. and you have this nuclear family of two parents. You've then got mum who is a, essentially a trad wife. Yeah, 
Well, the, the BBC indoors trad wife. Trad wife. And so it, it's almost like they're living in modern day, but living by 1950s values. <coughs> of being arseholes. Yeah, well, it's, well it's, an, it's, it's somebody's idea. It's essentially, like I said, the Brexit is wet dream. This is what they want Britain to be. Mm. Yes. Uh, a, a tokenistic uh, local Jew. Yes. We will come on to in a minute. Highly yeah. suspicious. Um, I thought it might be useful. We can run through some of the main characters and then talk about the episodes that we've watched. Mm. So we have Topsy and Tim, the, the titular characters, the titular twins. Yeah. Now, you said at the start, which is worth Topsy or Tim? I'm, I think Tim's by far the worst because he's just incredibly pathetic. And I know he's at school when this starts, but he is definitely going to spend his entire school life getting beaten up a lot. Yeah, and I think he has. Um, I think he has mother issues. Um, uh, I think there is something slightly. It's just kind of. He's just really kind of wet, and he manages to be both a titular character and bring nothing to his own story. No, he doesn't. He's very passive throughout everything. He kind yeah. of just things happen to him, and he moans the entire time. He never seems yes. to enjoy. He never in, really enjoys himself. Yeah, there is a kind of uh, yeah. He he is the human embodiment of Cress, isn't he? Yes, and I think, but I think there's there's almost a certain darkness there as well. There's a dark heart that lies within Tim that you can, in a way, we talked about with Bing. That you you alluded to the mother issues, but you can almost Tim's going to live at home for a long time, like mm. beyond what is normal. Yeah, and we'll carry on referring to his mum as mummy until at least in his late 30s. Yeah, scaring whatever female attention he has away. Yes, and he won't. Uh, there'll, there'll be a point where he won't let his parents in his bedroom and they'll be too afraid to go in no. for, for what they the might mo- find. Yes, the, the sexualised model of Topsy. Yes. Um, I mean, Topsy's, I mean, she's irritating, but in that way of, the same way of like girls of that age are. But she's probably, I think, in terms of this program, the most normal. Just about, although, <coughs> is Topsy short for something? That's not a Topsy's not a name. It's a name for a dog. Yeah, maybe she's named after a dog. Indiana Jones. You could see, but you could almost see it being like some sort of. You could see a novel of being written around Topsy when she's older, maybe in her twenties, returning home, and there'd have been some, past, yeah, to sort of find herself, and there being this, you know, Tim's still there. There's been some unspeakable tragedy that's happened in the meantime that, that, that kind of is revealed towards the end of the book. It was Tim who did the killing. It was, and she Tim's- saw it, and she's she's kind of bottled it up all that time. Well, to be honest. Perhaps we need to keep this under wraps because ultimately, you know, the, the kind of Oedipal wreck that uh, Tim is, maybe his uh, rather passive-aggressive father has been, uh, you know, taken out with a garden implement or his war rifle. Um, and then ultimately, yeah, that that's why Topsy has to go away and now she's perhaps, I don't know, a hard-hitting journalist and uh, Tim... You know, still has his blanket, perhaps. 
Topsy is a name. It was a character in Harriet Beecher Stowe's novel Uncle Tom's Cabin from 1852. Well, Uncle Tom's Cabin is a a deeply, deeply problematic novel. So (laughs) I've never never come across it before. People um, called Topsy. um, There's Topsy, an abused Chinese girl who was subject of the story of Topsy, a book about Mildred Cable. Topsy Sindon, 1878-1950, an English dancer, actress and singer. But then Uncle Tom's Cabin, which sounds... Uncle Tom's Cabin, well, yes. So, yeah, so the, it, it's basically a kind of um, byword for um, African-Americans knowing their place after the Civil War. Um, so it's about kind of kind of almost the idea that you kind of gracefully accept going back to the plantation and continue to work there, even though you are now, in inverted commas, free. Ah. Yeah. It's also the name of the uh, small grey-brown Scottish fold kitten in Tom and Jerry. Oh, but that's it. It's the name of, it's the name of an animal. Exactly. It's the name of an animal, or, or it comes from... Maybe, do you think Joy and Brian enjoyed Uncle Tom's Cabin as a book, and that's where they took the name from? <laughs> oh, possibly, yeah. Maybe there's some inspiration there. Um... I mean, we'll come on to, but she 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 definitely handles the appendicitis much better than Tim would. I think Tim would have been. Uh, I think Tim might have just ended it all. I think that would have been the end of Tim. And um, we've we've then got Joy, Joy Odell. We know their surname is Odell because that's re- mm. revealed. I, I don't know if it's O apostrophe D E L or Odell as one word. Mm. Um, she she seems to be constantly on the verge of some sort of breakdown. And even the tiniest well, task seems to almost send her over the top. Well, hanging around with Tim, presumably, <laughs> just kind of plays on the nerves, you know? Well, I suppose it, which came first. Was it her overstressiness that made Tim the way he was, or was it the way Tim was that made her stressy and anxious? I mean, some kind of psychological kind of Munchausen by proxy. Is that what we're talking Possibly, about? yeah. I mean, they have a very unhealthy codependent relationship. Yeah, it's going to get sexual at some point, certainly from Tim's perspective. <laughs> she, um, <coughs> she, she's. Uh, you can imagine that she would be the kind of mum that has passive aggressive conversations at soft play with other mums about how great her kids are. Yeah, she she will be the bane of every uh, t- teacher's life. She'll want to know, um, kind of why Tim is lacking moral fibre. Yeah, and she will definitely yeah. think that's the school's fault and not, not her fault or any feeling yeah. on her or Brian's part. Um, yeah. she, she does look. She does look like she might be on like quite kind of um, heavy medication. Yes, understandably, obviously. But well, yeah, because then you've got Brian, the dad, who uh, there is an episode where we find out that he runs his own family taxi slash mini cab company, of which mm. he either or it's either a family business or he manages it. Um, he, I mean, aside from him being incapable of even the most basic tasks, he also has a very unhealthy relationship with his own mother. Yes. Have you seen the Christmas episode? I haven't. He essentially spoons his mother on the sofa whilst they look at photographs from his childhood and says, oh, mum, I'm very lucky. You gave me lovely Christmases. Oh. It's a little bit weird. Well, maybe that, maybe it's just... Uh... 
been passed down the generations though. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Mm. Um, yeah. But I mean, so that could be the cause of, joy, cause of Joy's nerves. Just constantly living in a state of fear that, that her husband's going to leave, leave her for his own mother. <laughs> or maybe that's part of the bargain. Maybe she, she just has to accept it. Yeah. Um, then we've got Grandma, who has a very unhealthy attachment with her dog, Mossy, who looks like he absolutely stinks. Yes. He, he's, he's there as a um, kind of warning about the, the nature of mortality, isn't he? Yes. And then um, Mr. Rosen, who we'll come on to. Yes. Mr. Rosen, who is d- deeply, deeply troubling as a character. For a number of reasons, we did a poll on Mr. Rosen on uh, Twitter before Christmas, where it was fairly divisive. Actually, the, we asked the question: Is he a definite paedophile or is he a kindly old man? And the results on that were fifty-fifty. Yeah. It just goes to uh, show you can't trust the public with a vote on something. Certainly not. So uh, maybe he's only half a paedophile. Yeah. There's a couple of other characters that kind of flitting out. There's the neighbour who Joy's definitely having sex with, um, mm. the bald guy, and I can't remember his name. Then there's DIY Derek, who, again, I'm pretty sure she's sleeping with DIY Derek as well. But now, Why wouldn't you with such an alliterative name? <laughs> I know. Well, if, you know. What job was he going to fall into? Well, that's it. Uh, Derek's such a kind of... It's a, it's a, Dead name now, presumably. Well, I assume that's his. Sur- I assume it's his surname, and DIY is his first name. <laughs> well, that should surely that would surely be die. Yeah. Well, I I I think it's kind of a. It's it's that thing that you get in sort of classic Middle England attitude towards um, native languages within the British Isles. Of I'm not going to call you die. I'm going to call you DIY. Yes. And no matter how many times you tell me it's pronounced die, I'm still going to call you DIY, Derek. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So we we looked at essentially we've looked at two episodes of the five episode arc. Um mm. Now, unfortunately, camping was no longer on iPlayer by the time I came to watch it, but I've seen it so many times. 
because my kids love Topsy and Tim, that I know it inside mm. out. So the family are going on a camping trip. And Topsy's not feeling well. Yes. Essentially. Well, there's a great deal of excitement initially, isn't there? Uh, and th- that kind of somewhat kind of sing-song kind of... Uh, that just... Uh, just the, the kind of... The, the dad just kind of encourages this kind of full kind of joy in them when they're, they're only they're not even going on a real camping trip are they really because they, they they're going off to a campsite but also where they're going to get fed yeah it's not so, no it's, it's yeah it's like you're camping in a field but there's also a restaurant next door yeah it's not no and and he does that doesn't he he spends his entire time sort of jollying along and singing songs and yeah everything's great mm. which i think is probably trying to mask the fact that his wife's deeply deeply depressed or on some heavy medication <coughs> well they're going away with some uh, family friends um maybe maybe that's where the only the only joy is for him now maybe it's a you know some kind of female company Maybe it's a swinging weekend. Separate tents for grown-ups. You kind of bring the kids to a swinging weekend, surely. I don't know. Right, <laughs> if, if any listeners know, right, and let us know. Yeah. Um, not that we're, we're not. We're not definitely interested in that. I'm just more of the practicalities of it and how that would work. I was just thinking, you know, the kids have their own tent, separate tents for the grown-ups. Well, I went on a um, a swinging camping weekend. No, but I remember very, uh, very vividly going on a um, Duke of Edinburgh expedition when I was about 15 or 16 and being in a campsite in the Lake District. Um, or oh, no, was the Lake District? Ah, that's unimportant. And a, a kind of 20-odd of us staying at the top end of one field in our tents and then seeing down the bottom of the field, seeing a tent, and this couple had left their torch on in the tent. <laughs> so we very much got a um, like a, a kind of shadow puppet uh, kind of view of uh, the exciting evening they were uh, embarking on, which for a bunch of 15 and 16-year-olds is about the most thrilling thing you could have possibly seen. I'd second only to someone's older brother coming back from Amsterdam with some naked pornographic playing cards, isn't it? Or a pen that you click and the lady's clothes fall off. Oh yeah, absolutely. Somebody's uh, yeah, just somebody's smuggled some drugs back in the uh, the leg of a tripod, you know. Teenagers don't know they're born these days. They the don't. Only way you, the only way you get porn back in our day was waiting for someone's older brother or cousin to come back from Amsterdam with something that smuggled back on a school trip, or go to some railway sidings and find a couple of razzle. Or or go camping and hope that a couple. <laughs> Leave the torch on. Uh, left the torch on. Maybe that was a swinging thing that you leave the torch on as a signal. Yeah, well, I suppose that's the dogging thing. Uh, isn't there a kind of code of flashing lights and things like that? I, I assume so. Yeah, I think I saw a Channel 4 program on dogging. Channel 4 or Channel 5? Mm, I think it was 4. I think it might have had higher production values. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dealt with it more tastefully. Was it cha- there was Channel Four? Was it Channel Four that did that program where they put a couple in a tent? They spoke to a couple about having their their relationship problems and sex problems. Then they put them in a tent to have some sex and then talked to them about it afterwards. Was that Channel Four? I'm vaguely aware of this. Yes, they had to disappear behind a a, a screen, screen in a TV yeah. studio. Yeah, was it? Yeah, that does ring a bell. It can't be like naked attraction. They're all all, all the, one one type, aren't they? Yeah. Um. So the, the, Topsy starts complaining that she's got a sore tummy, and they're like, "Yeah, it's fine." Shut up. I mean, I think if it had been Tim, I could see that attitude would be absolutely fine. But, you know, Topsy doesn't moan that often. So I would have been like, Reich, there's something going on here. Let's. Joy should have said, Brian, it's not happening. The camping trip's not happening. There's something going on. Let's just cut our losses and stay at home. She's clearly not well. Because you've got appendicitis, she's going to have, if it's as bad as it turned out it was, she's going to have a temperature at least. She's going to be vomiting, I believe, yeah, isn't she? Exactly. She's not showing any of the symptoms. Yeah. So it's factually either the the scriptwriters have got it factually inaccurate, or they're taking a hell of a risk going on a camping trip. You see, the thing is, is that, I mean, this leads to one of the most uh, concerning elements of this is that the dad appears not to really care. <laughs> Insofar as she gets carted off to hospital, and he's like, "Well, we're staying here, aren't we? Yeah, you take it." We'll just stay here. Well, I think at that point he's had a beer. I think he's had a couple of beers at that point, hasn't he? Doesn't mean he can't go to hospital. If, no, that's true. If his wife's driving, it's no, nothing wrong with sobering up an A and E. It's a fine dish. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was. It seemed convenient as well that the owner of the campsite was also a doctor. Yeah. Very, very uh, lazy doctor, from what I can tell. Wouldn't it, well, you would assume that you would earn more from doctoring than you would from running a campsite. Yeah, I think she's potentially been fobbing them off all this time. She may well be a doctor, but, you know, she's like a doctor of sociology or something. <laughs> yeah, she turns up with a toy steth- plastic test stethoscope and goes, yep, that's appendicitis. You're a doctor. Yes, I am. One of those doctors. I'm a doctor. <laughs> Um, so it, uh, and then I, I'm not I'm not really sure that you can FaceTime from a hospital because they end up FaceTiming at breakfast the next day. Um, you can get. Uh, I think the Wi-Fi is improving in hospitals. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, essentially, the, uh, and it's a very confused narrative. I'm not really. I don't really understand why you needed to send them camping in order for her to get appendicitis. I don't understand why they couldn't just be have it doing something at home and then that story have happened. Um, is there some kind of lesson to be learned about the appendix? Was um, one of the theories about the appendix that it used to be a second stomach, so therefore they need to be nearer to grass to demonstrate that idea. <laughs> yeah, Topsy's a cow. Yeah, well, you said it. <laughs> um, we we then skip ahead because we we looked at getting better rather than looking at. Um, I think the next one in the narrative is visiting, where Tim goes and visits her in hospital and is really jealous. Spends so the entire episode being really jealous of the fact that his sister's in hospital with appendicitis and he's not, <coughs> and he turns up dressed as a chicken. Uh, now I watched that one as well, and ultimately, I don't really know. 
I don't really... Okay, this is one of my big issues with Topsy and Tim more generally, right? So it's not like it's just kind of really childish surrealness. It's not Night Garden or like mm. Moon and Me where there's not really a story, but there's kind of pretty moving images and it's a bit weird and surreal. With this, frequently such a kind of paucity of story I just think, well, who's getting anything from this? And it and it almost constantly, it feels like a kind of kitchen sink drama, or that it's potentially about to turn into something much more darker and much worse, but never does. Yeah, it kind of feels like it's almost like, and we might come on to this in a minute with with this week's quiz. But it feels like an ep- the start of an episode. Every episode feels like the first fifteen minutes of an episode of Doctors. Yeah, but it never gets around to the point where the doctors have to become involved in any way apart from the appendicitis episode. Mm. It's just like something's going to happen. Something really bad's going to happen to one of these characters. It's definitely building up to that, but then the episode just stops, and we're asked, "Are you good at remembering?" Have you dared ask your children why is this good? Um, they both really like the why. Are you good at remembering bit inexplicably? I think they just like it's children. Do you like the fact it's children playing at home? That's as much as I can understand of it. They also like Waffle Dog. But at least there's a a talking dog in that. I can can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. Waffle Dog is terrible, but less bad than Topsy and Tim. Yeah. There's at least plot to what... There's a... a I think think with Waffle Dog, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end... And a satisfactory more... story arc within each episode. Although ultimately the story arc appears to be Waffles buggered off next door again. He's annoyed the one with the cat. Oh, he's fine. Yeah, but at least that's a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah, it is, absolutely. And it's a bit, this has got the Seinfeld approach to storytelling in that at the end of the episode, the neighbour seems to, you know, they like understand them a little bit better, but then is right back to square one the next episode. Nobody learns in Waffle Dog. Yeah, no, no hugging, no learning. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one they be Katie Morag, but I think that's just because the everybody in that sounds like my their grandparents. It feels like it's a genre on its own, isn't it? The the lack of story, kind of slightly more advanced kind of CBBC program, like the bridge between that and CBBC. Yeah, and I think the thing is, like, with the other live action stuff, like you said, there's a story arc with every episode, but there isn't with Topsy and Tim. It never feels no. like it reaches any satisfactory conclusion or that anything particularly significant happens. I mean, you've got Molly and Mac, you know, there's a bit of singing and dancing. I'd like to think that this is all, there is a shared universe as well. Yeah. That, that all the live action CBBC programs happen within the same universe. It seems entirely possible. I mean, I, I think uh, I think Topsy and Tim would be absolutely terrified of the uh, the, the Scots coming down and uh, singing and dancing and sharing their well, feelings. It was somebody I can't remember who was on the on the Twitter feed. And apologies, I, I, I can't remember who. Well, see if I can find it now. Had suggested, and I'd say I hadn't read this at the time. Was um, it was Alan Tanner? who also uh, follows the Scottish Rugby podcast, um, said uh, Hunger Games with Topsy and Tim, which I feel like that's kind of what would happen if they went up to the Isle of Strewey to meet Kate mm. Morag would be Hunger Games. I mean, Tim would die really quickly in the Hunger Games. There's not a lot of meat on Tim either. That's the thing. No. Like, it, it, it just his, his body would be kind of 
yeah, just kind of cast aside, thrown thrown to a small dog, not even a, a big dog. Yeah. Um the the, the the other episode we looked at was Getting Better, which was Topsy in hospital and every it's basically everyone all the adults coming to visit her and she makes a new friend, which is kinda of by the by. Grandma turns yeah. up and the thing with grandma turning up is she's been on a walking holiday with her dog. Mm. And I can't imagine that the budget for Topsy and Tim would be beyond taking the actress that plays the grandma to a field with a dog and taking a photo of her. Mm. But what they do instead is Photoshop a photo of a completely different dog yeah. on top of a photo of the actress holding on to a lead that's not even attached to the dog they photoshopped on and they photoshopped them both on top of a field. And that seems that would take more time than actually driving to a field and taking a photo of her and the dog in it. Maybe she's just very precious, you know. And in the contract, I don't, I don't do outside shots. <laughs> Possibly, I'm not going and standing in a field with that dog again. Um, yeah, that's the last time. So she turns up. I mean, there's definitely. I think there's. I'm not. I don't think get the impression that she gets on with Joy. No, they obviously clearly no. hate each other. Well, there is that uh, resentment that separated her from her from her son. Do you know now, out of interest, and this isn't part of the quiz, do you know uh, why the grandma is, is famous? I do not. June Whitfield's daughter. Oh. There you go. Oh. I feel like we've learned specifically that. <laughs> yeah, we've learned something new specifically that. Uh, and yeah. then Mr. Rosen turns up, who's yeah. apparently been there for a check-up on his leg now. Fans of Topsy and Tim or people who are forced to watch it will know that Mr. Rosen broke his leg in a previous episode, came around to Topsy and Tim's house where they helped him with his exercises. Yeah. Essentially, they touched him and he asked them to touch him in ways mm. that are not appropriate whilst the mum left them alone in the room with him. It's the way it's the way people like him work, isn't it? Yeah, and he turns up. He says, I've, I've, "Your dad's told me what ward you were in, and apparently this old man's allowed to wander freely around the hospital without any checks with his wheelie bag." <laughs> with his what? He's got oh, his, his wheelie bag. bag. His wheelie his bag. Wheelie. His wheeled bag. Yes. Okay. Wheelie. Right. Okay. And then he says, um, "I've got something in this bag to keep you busy for a while." Yeah. Big hole cut at the bottom. Yep. I. He's a definite paedophile. He might be like a, a benign paedophile. He might just like. This is such a benign paedophile. <laughs> That's my best defence for uh, Mr. Rosen. He doesn't seem to be like. He doesn't. Even though he's wandering around the hospital, he doesn't appear to have gone full Savile. Like, there's there's no hint of, like, you know, he, he's popped into the morgue beforehand and now he's off to kind of pass on his kind of. Uh, we don't know what's Nick in that wheeled bag. We think it might be like seven, like <laughs> like a, a head in there. It's, it's it's Joy's parents who we never see. It's their heads. <clears throat> He's on a revenge mission. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I find his whole character deeply troubling. Mm. But he just seems to just hang around, kind of befriend the kids. Be concerned the adults have stayed and then just disappeared again. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. He, yeah. And then we get the bit of the end, which is, are you good? And, and everybody seems fine with the strange man, even like the, the new character of Molly, who's there with a broken leg. Mm. I mean, this is the first time that she's met Mr. Rosen and she's like, yeah, yeah, old man, come across and inspect my daughter's broken leg. Yeah. Give us some, give us some pens. That's fine. But if we're taking this to, to have like a kind of 1950s valley system, that kind of thing was fine back then. And I think that's the thing. That's why if you viewed through a, if you'd written in the 1960s a book about Mr. Rosen, the kind of the old neighbour, popping in to check the kids are okay, that would be fine. But I think in the modern day, Mr. Rosen, the kind of the old neighbour, takes on a very different... Yeah. Different thing altogether. I think Brexiteers are probably fine with old men touching kids. Probably. They probably, <laughs> think, they probably think it's health and safety gone mad to be concerned about that sort of thing. There was that piece the other week, if we're on a little bit of a tangent about how, uh, what's his name, is this French author, and how basically he, he's, he's long been a campaigner um, against there being any any age of consent. Mm. And in the 70s, he'd had like, um, like backing from like notable uh, kind of intellectuals and things like that. And I just, I just think it seemed very... Very, very French story to read. Well, I think people forget that wasn't in the eighties that there was actually a thing called the Paedophile Defence League or something like that, where they were kind of like actively lobbying Parliament in the eighties, and everyone was like, "This is perfectly normal." I think the Paedophile Defence League were a paramilitary group, weren't they? <laughs> Possibly, there was. They were like lobbying. They were lobbying Parliament in the seventies and eighties for it, and everyone yeah. was like, "Yeah, these are just some lunatics that think that's all right," rather than. We should probably look into this. We should probably just get a big net. <laughs> we should probably right, we should probably right set what we should probably do is announce a conference and invite them all along and then lock the doors <laughs> and, <laughs> and ask some take some swabs and ask some questions. <laughs> Basically, I, th- I think it's pretty clear all this that Tim. I, I take back some of the things I said about Tim earlier. He's clearly deeply, deeply traumatized by his experiences and that's why he's so insufferable yes I mean you know being left repeatedly alone with with Mr. Rosen um, the other thing just just before we leave Topsy and Tim and I've got a very quick quiz on it is I still don't understand why they insist on calling some of the kids by both names so Tim's friend there's mm. Andy Anderson why yeah. is he not just Andy well, Andy Anderson, he he sung that uh, song from Scott and Charlene's wedding in Neighbours, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. Was that? He had a big hit with that. There's a deep kid, deep cut for the kids there. <laughs> and then there's the other friend whose name is Kate. I haven't made a note of this because normally, it normally really annoys me. What is it? They've got their other friend, Tony uh, Tony Welsh, and they refer to him constantly as Tony Welsh rather than just Tony. Every episode yeah. and everything is, here comes Tony Welsh. And again, I could understand it, like, you know, by eldest school, there's a couple of kids called George, so she calls them by the full name. Mm. That's fine, but th- there's never any other Tony. Tony Welsh is very much the name of a PE teacher. I mean, if you've seen Tony Welsh as well, he's as, he's as wet, if not wetter than Tim, and 
there's definitely a potential for them to become there's definitely a murder suicide pact going to end up there at some point yeah they have that kind of, problem i kind of feel with the suicide pact tim would be very much you first and then he'd bottle it you know yeah but then he'd be Can, left to deal with the consequences of the, on the murder spree that they went on beforehand yeah but somehow topsy might bail him out well yeah that's Maybe this is what late just the lack of plot is just laying the foundations for an absolute rip roaring final. It's a really, really slow burn. Yeah, there you go. It's uh, oh, it's like True Detective. You've got to watch at least half the season before it gets exciting. <laughs> exactly. You've just got to watch. I mean, seventy-seven episodes, I think, of Topsy and Tim. So you've got that, and that's just oh, the, that's just a preamble. God. Yeah. Three series, seventy-seven episodes. Um, the quiz then. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you the question. The question is, doctors or not doctors, and mm. I'm going to give you some of the adult characters, and you have to tell me whether or not the actor has been in Doctors or not. Okay. Uh, so Anna Acton, who plays Joy, Joy, the moment tops in Tim, has she been in Doctors or has she not been in Doctors? I feel she is Doctors. She has been in Doctors. She's played one, two, three, four, five separate characters in Doctors. What, like with wigs or...? I, I About two years apart, so she played... Joanna Webber, Colette Pendleton, Dorothy Bale, Kira Chesterton, and Rachel Cook. Kira Chesterton sounds like a euphemism, uh, yeah. kind of uh, carry-on character. She's also done the uh, what I would call the full struggling actor bingo of cas- also doing Casualty and The Bill. It's good, solid work, isn't it? It's a, it's a shame uh, the bill's gone. In that to way, be though. fair, she had she had a she had a, she was in twenty episodes and she played uh, Rochelle Bar- Barish. Who had, I don't remember. It's two thousand five, and that's post me watching the bill. So she must have had some sort of ongoing storyline in twenty episodes, playing the same character in the bill. <laughs> it's important work if you get it. Brian, then Chris Hannon, the actor Chris Hannon, who plays Brian, the dad. Doctors or not doctors? He, yes, doctors. Doctors, yes. He managed. He played a recurring character of PC Cookie over two episodes, but he's also played Kurt Jennison, Ray Weiler, and Jack Forrester. Uh, I don't think he's appeared in the bill though he did play a character called Luigi uh, in a number of episodes of Coronation Street and mm. was also a pantomime dame this year in uh, <laughs> in uh, at Wakefield <laughs> was he billed as being from Topsy and Tim uh, no he wasn't actually he lives in he lives in, he lives in uh, local to me apparently Lives in Wakefield. They write pantomimes as well when I checked his Twitter before. Um, Susie Aitchison, who plays Grandma. Doctors or not doctors? No, not doctors. Oh, no, doctors. (laughs) She played Lisa Knowles in 2009 and Brenda Govey. She also appeared in Goodnight Sweetheart as a TV reporter and the Russ Abbott show as various characters. Ah, good old various characters. Well, she's got a hotline there. I don't know Bella Rindenberg's dead, isn't she? Yeah. Um, well, she might, she might through Ouija, you never know. Barry McCarthy, who plays Mr. Fishwick. Doctors or not doctors? Barry McCarthy is an Irish cricketer. He uh, used to play for Durham. Uh, on that basis, I'm going to say doctors. No, he wasn't in doctors. Has never been in doctors. He has been, he was, did, he has appeared as uh, several characters in Minder. Um, he's done the bill. Mm. Uh, also done New Tricks, Holby City, Hollyoaks. 
Oh, I beg your pardon, he has been in Doctors. <laughs> yeah, no, he's been Doctors. Brian Cargill, Al- Alan Morini, Derek Woolley, and Larry Tigger Dennison. Tigger Dennison. So we've got two more to go then. Um, Mr. Rosen, John Rumney. Has he been in Doctors? Uh, doctors. Doctors play the character called Vol- Volta Van Langen. He also mm. was in the film Sky Tafton in the World of Tomorrow as a German scientist. Mm. Um, last character then. We'll do DIY Derek. Let's find DIY Derek, see if he's been in Doctor. DIY Derek, Doctors or not Doctors? Uh, not Doctors. DIY Derek has... Um, been in not been in Doctors there you go there you go although he has repeatedly played a plumber in, <laughs> he was a chauffeur in Sherlock a plumber in EastEnders a workman in Lewis a plumber in Miranda uh, a taxi driver in the best exotic Marigold Hotel well, that's big work yeah um, and he was in Holby Hustle but no, has been in the bill, but never been in doctors. He's played the, he's played taxi drivers a lot. Hmm. Like Richard Herring being cast as the uh, sex offenders. Sex offenders, yeah. That's that's uh, DIY Derek's wheelhouse as being tradesmen and taxi drivers. Hmm. Um. That was top scene, Tim. Then. Um. If you've never seen it, don't. Don't. If you can avoid it. You you will have, if you are a parent, you'll have seen all 77 episodes many, many times. That's it from us then for this week. We're going to be back with uh, a look at actually something quite good from CBBS for once, but we were still going to pick holes in it. We'll be back next with uh, a look at Yolanda's band jam. But for the moment, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from James. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.